Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms, legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone. Um, happy Friday and Saturday, Sunday, wherever you listen to this. Uh, but happy, be happy. Uh, this is Bill Roden, uh, Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, Bill Roden and Friends on Sports is really, 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 really great. I love doing this so much, I must tell you. This is like one of the most fun things I do uh, during the week. Um, anyway, uh have our crew here as, uh, as usual. We have Jamal, Jamal Murphy, our uh, sports attorney guy. That's me. Glad to be here. Brian, our, uh, our wine guy, uh, sitting right across from me. Brian? Thrilled to be here, Bill. Thank uh, you. Brian, could you pronounce your last name for me, please? Delendick. Delendick. Yeah. Yeah, Delen- You said something that we can't really get into when I asked you that before about what the, the kids used to say. Well, like the it- nuns didn't really like to pronounce <laughs> the end of my name. They would say anything but, so it was kind of funny. Sometimes they come up with some funny things and the kids would laugh. I wasn't as tortured as you would think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, then, of course, we, we... Yeah, I went to a Catholic school, too, man. That's, that's another segment about surviving Catholic school. <laughs> that's a whole different show, man. Oh, brother. <laughs> uh, of course, we have... Uh, uh, Seth Nyman, our uh, MVP of the control room. Seth, great being with you again. Thanks for having me. And as we speak, uh, Federer just went up two sets on Andy Murray. Wow, oh, Federer! We're just when you thought he was out, he's pulling you back in. Wait a minute. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk just so, yeah, and then Danielle. Hello, Danielle. Very back. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're going to. Um, there's a lot to. This has been a very 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 busy news cycle with athletes blowing their hands off with fireworks. Yeah. Um, Free agency, Serena. We're going to get into Serena. Just, uh, you know, I think that, you know, it's probably the, I'd say we'll talk about this, the most dominant, uh, one, of, one of the most dominant players of her era, clearly the most dominant, I think, female player of her era, but we could talk about that later on. And of course, today uh, is the anniversary of Arthur Ashe's birthday. So there's a lot to, um, a lot to get into. Uh, but let's, let's talk about some of the news of the day. Speaking of Arthur Ashe, he was very serious and that kind of stuff. He would probably just be horrified by a couple of the, the, the top news items. This isn't the top news item, but I guess it's top list of silliness. You've had two NFL players, uh, uh, C.J. Uh, Wilson. Wilson. C.J. Wilson. Wilson is defensive back for Tampa Bay. And, of course, J.P.P., uh, the Giants, I don't know, ex of the Giants, mm. two guys during the 4th of July season who were coming out of the holiday season with fewer fingers than they went into them with. Uh, I think uh, Wilson uh, lost two of his fingers uh, with an explosion, a firecracker explosion, and, then, right. and JPP uh, just had to have his um, index finger amputated. So what do you guys think? I mean, it is the first thing I guess you think is this is crazy, it's silly, what are these guys doing? Then I'm thinking, well, they're, I don't know, they're young. Relatively speaking, young with money. Right. But what what do you guys think? Is this, you know? I'm sh- I was shocked. I was blown away by it. I, so they, so were they. <laughs> Ouch. No pun intended. Three Ouch. fingers. Uh, NFL, your hands are the most important thing, I would think, outside of your legs, right? Three fingers in a day, all gone. It's amazing to me. Yeah, but I mean, 
I, I mean, I don't know how long a discussion is. One of the guys, uh, we are in the newsroom at the Times, and we are saying, well, how does this affect, uh, I mean, can they play again? One, one of the guys thinks, he said he didn't think, he didn't think JPP could ever play again. I said, well, yeah, that, that's, I mean, kind of, that's kind of extreme. If, you, if you're going to pay him $14 million, he's going to find a way to play again. Um, you know, one, an index finger, from what I've heard, he, he'll be able to get around it. I'm sure it's going to affect him in some way, you know, in, in a negative fashion. But, you know, he, you're talking about a Pro Bowl caliber player. So it's a big deal as far as the JPP injury goes. And the Giants have to decide what they're going to do. Are they going to keep that franchise offer that franchise tag offer open, or are they going to pull it back, or does JPP want to sign it? So there's a lot of stuff that goes well, into remember, it. Well, remember, he was already on the clock. Right? He, he turned down. I think they they given so him a about a $40 million dollar deal there, and, he, and then once they found out, they pulled it away. This guy's cost himself tens of millions of dollars for a firework. Or a little firecracker. Well, I, I think it was from what I, I thought it was firecrackers too, and then I was corrected and told it was fireworks. Yeah, probably dynamite. I mean, he had he had, <laughs> he had nitroglycerin. A, yeah, he had a truck a truck full of of stuff. A truck full. I mean, I guess you, you, you again. You think what are people thinking? I mean, you got you, you, you. I, I, I maybe us athletes do that. They're so focused on the, the moment, the here and now, that they can't think of like the whole big picture. So, you know what? Like, like this guy. I was in Brooklyn um, yesterday. The Nets. The Nets. You know that team in Brooklyn. The Nets. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Nets. So. The Nets. The Nets. And by the way, we're, we're going to get into this because we talk free agency, but the Nets, who I think have really been quietly doing a really good job, uh, they had they unveiled their free agents. Uh, and one of the guys, in fact, I wrote about him today, uh, today's New York Times, his name was Thomas Robinson. And, you know, it was the number five pick in the 2020. But anyway, he's been, he's been with five teams in five years. He was the number five pick of the draft and just been bounced around. But one of the things he said is that he was not really prepared for the level of talent that he was about to get into. He had no idea that it was such an incredible leap. And he said, I wasn't prepared for the what ifs. What if I get traded? What if I get cut? What if I get injured? What if I don't play? And I've been used to being sort of this guy with clear sailing and no bumps in the road. What happens if all of a sudden your first year, you start getting these bumps? He said, I'll be the first year. I did not handle it well. He got traded. At first, he wasn't playing. The coach didn't something. And he said, I got traded. And after that, it was like all downhill. So, uh, you know, get, get into JPP. and all. I guess maybe athletes are so into that moment, they just don't think of adrenaline, the, the danger aspect of it. As a kid, we used to go to Chinatown and go down some crazy basement yeah. and buy all kinds of fireworks. <laughs> yeah. So one M80 blew up in my friend's face. Mm. I think he had some hearing damage from it. He's lucky, <laughs> lucky he has all yeah. his fingers. So I can't yeah, I can't judge too much. I'm lucky. But I, you know. lit it and you ran away from it. You didn't hold it in your hand. Oh, no. Some, sometimes you'd want to throw it. We'd, oh, yeah. we'd shoot Roman candles at each other, bottle rockets. We'd throw at each other. We'd hold them, light them, and throw them at each other. So, you know, we, we did that when we were, we were kids, but, you know, we were young. So I, was, I, I was always scared of that stuff. I, I was, stayed, I was I terrified. Away. You guys are smart. I was. <laughs> my, my mother, my mother, bless her, bless her soul, and God bless her, God bless her soul. She had the fear. I mean, I was so afraid of of putting one of those things in my hand because she said it's going to blow your hand off. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute, blow my hand off? It's just the the, the imagery of my hand. Now you see, she, she was, was right. She was she right. Was right. Yeah. right. And imagine. Um, so anyway, so so I guess we'll, we'll to be determined. What, what, what would you do if you were the Giants? You're the GM, Reese. 
Jerry. Do you, do you, you know, what do you do? I guess you listen to your doctors, get their opinion about, you know, whether well, it'll be the same or not. I, you know what? I'm, I'm sure what they do, they, they look at this probably X and O's. How is this going to affect our bottom line? Because it's not like he's coming off this great season. Right. You know, I mean, nobody's coming off a great season. So it's not like he's coming off this Pro Bowl year and said, well, listen, he's been so dominant in the past. I mean, if it was like Lawrence Taylor. So, well, you know, Lawrence could probably lose a leg and still be better than half <laughs> Well, the Giants have a history of taking care of their guys, sticking with their guys regardless of what, what's going on. Did they but, they take, but they take care of the Giants players, take care of them. Though. Did they stick with Plaxico? I don't I, remember. I got something here. It says uh, JPP wants to be confident he can pass the physical first, and if he doesn't sign a tender, they can put him on the non-football injury list, and the players on that list are not paid. So the, te- the tender is still up, basically. Like he, that, it's there for him to sign if he wants to. I think so. Seems that way. Hmm. Just the fourteen million, not the bigger, the bigger contract. And I think the Giants are mad at him because he decided. What I read was to remove his finger. He didn't consult with the Giants about it. Oh, he right. decided have to have their doctors or something. Right. So wow. why would you shut us out? Well, I'm a free agent. I could do whatever I want. So yeah, I mean, see, all those kinds of things. To your point, Jamal, about what I do, this this is not what you call goodwill. It's not creating goodwill between the player and the team, particularly when you brought this on yourself. I mean, it's not like, say, hey, uh, JPP, could you, we're having a little fireworks demonstration. <laughs> could, you, could you light a few for our kids? You know, yeah. you JPP know. the fireworks guy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, hey, maybe he'll be in next week. You have a firework. But bring, leave that shit in the lobby, don't him Bring that in here. We'll have to have it outside, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and then the Giants, the, their brass went out there to see him, as you as you referred to. They went out to South uh, Florida to see him, and he shut him out. He wouldn't let him in into the hospital. Jesse L T Armstead. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> that's that's less goodwill. Yeah. So maybe he's not going to be. Maybe he won't be a giant next year. But if you ask me, if I'm the GM, and again, not knowing all this stuff, it does not seem to create. Number one, you question his judgment. Of course. Yeah, because a lot of these guys remember. Um, there, there are a lot of instances. Remember uh, who's remember the Bulls. The Bulls guard, who we see on TV every day, uh, uh, who's now does t- uh, uh, he played at Duke? He was a star at Duke. Oh, Jason Williams. Jason Williams. Uh, motorcycle. Motorcycle accident. It was over. I mean, it was like after his first year. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, the, the tight end, uh, Kellen Winslow Jr. Remember, same yeah, thing. Same thing. Um, and, and I guess it's sort of the dilemma that you, you work all your life to be able to afford all these toys, uh, but then when you get up there, you know, you can't really. You know, maybe you could do yeah. the toys after your career, but for now, take care of your body. Right. Hopefully, they still have that money after their career yeah, to buy to buy the toys. <laughs> to well, maybe the they want to buy the toys now, and put them in stores. Anyway, I think we spent you know a <laughs> lot of time on this. Good, good luck to JPP. That's all I'll say. I hope he uh, recovers and can play. What? Recovers oh. on the field. Well, okay. I mean, I guess you should have thought about that. I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be harsh, but he should have thought about all that. But you know, like it's young. Um, the the big news though, um, the big news of the uh, that's been dominating the last few days is NBA free agency, a- and the, and the big news of the big news is of course uh, DeAndre Jordan having second thoughts, agreeing verbally agreeing to uh, uh, to go to um, uh, Dallas and play for the Mavericks, right. and then saying, "Wait a minute." I've, am I doing leaving uh, a hell of a team and then going in Dallas first of all LA or Dallas have you been to Dallas no been to LA though <laughs> yeah 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 so you know a but anyway what you know um our friend uh, it's funny you know we had uh 
Michelle Roberts in last week, and she was talking about how crazy free agency is. So the uh, Players Association put out a little statement. And what the statement is, oh, my God, my phone just died. <laughs> just, uh, my goodness, this died. And it, but the statement, uh, I think Daniel may have the statement because she mailed it. Anyway, the statement essentially was saying that um, this is free agency, and uh, a lot of things happen. But the cl- what her closing statement was that, let this be a lesson to both players and teams that a deal is not a deal until it's signed. Right. And everybody everybody knows that. I mean, so you know, I was talking to a friend of mine. It's something as simple as renting an apartment. It, you don't, you know, you don't. That deal is not done until you sign all the papers, until you sign the lease. Right. And you know, and we're talking about million, tens of millions of dollars here. So to think that you know it's actually a done deal. I mean, of course, you know, Mark Cuban is a very, very smart businessman, as we've he been told over and over. Yes, yeah, he tells you. He'll, he'll tell you he's a smart businessman. You, you can't tell me he didn't know the deal wasn't done. That's why he still was calling him all week right. and texting him back and forth to make sure he's, he, he didn't change how his funny, mind. How funny a story is that and, and about how he actually stalked him. He flew he flew to... Uh, no, Without telling him. Yeah, yeah, right. A, he shows up, which you never do. That's <laughs> violates 101, the, every principle. You that that, that might have scared him right there. This guy's showing up in my house. <laughs> I got to go, I gotta go yeah. back to L.A. I can't have yeah, this. Yeah, then he, then he says uh, he went in. Jordan uh, lives near the Galleria Mall or something, and a gated community, and the gate was open. It just happened to be open. <laughs> the gate just happened to be open. Then he just kind of walked up to the door and knocked it. <laughs> so I'm thinking, Jordan, Jordan said, you know what? God works in mysterious ways. I made the right decision because I knew this guy was nuts. Right. And then Jordan, probably people told him, you know this guy's nuts. Now, it'd be one thing if this was Donald Sterling. but said, you're going to replace... Down one nut, and remember, just fortunately, you got rid of one nut. Right. Now you're going to go play for a nut right. who's, who's going to fly in unannounced, stalk you, and then start texting you. I'm here. I mean, if any of us went through that, like with a girlfriend's wife, you know, you say, "Listen, oh. this is bad news. You're just going to show up." Restraining order. And you and you live in Dallas. <laughs> and you live in Dallas. You go. Oh my goodness! And, and, and I'm not even on your team. What happens? What do you do to me when I'm on your team? Oh, he's definitely showing up then. Could you imagine if there's a video of Mark Cuban scurrying <laughs> over the be. fence, it's going a, and breaking a, into the community? It's a gated community. They gotta have some cameras. That'd be awesome. Hey, poisoning the alligators. <laughs> they Where, where's TMZ? Come on. <laughs> yeah, where where <laughs> do we, we need, need them? We need you. Uh, but now, 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 here's one thing. If, if imagine though, I wish Michelle was here. Michelle, if this would have happened to a player. Right, the player signs a contract with the Clippers, and everybody's happy. You know, mamas, everybody's getting ready to get the credit cards, and we're on easy street. And then the team says, "Listen, listen, uh, Bill or DeAndre, or uh, we've had a change of heart. I know that we had this agreement that we're going to pay you fifty million dollars off, but you know what? We're going to go in another. But then wait, wait a minute." You just—I thought we had this agreement. So I think well, yeah. and, and, it, it, it works both. It could—it it, could have worked both ways. Right, and like you said, the key is signed. If it's signed, then you—you you have protection. There's no sign signing of a contract. It was a verbal agreement. Who, many, 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 many business people have had verbal agreements that when they thought about, they changed their mind. Real estate. The only, the only thing—the only thing I could say that I agree with the people who are, uh, you know, going in on DeAndre is that okay? He should have had a courtesy call. But maybe he figured he'd, he'd just step out the house and see him. <laughs> he'd be <laughs> out there in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there he is. Well, there's there's that. I mean, I guess it could have been. I, and I don't know. According to Cuban, there was no. 
he texted him, and then and then DeAndre Kachuk said, "I'm on a date," which is interesting. You know, he said right. he said with Chris Paul. He was on a date with Chris, <laughs> right. And he, right, half the Lakers. I mean, half the Clippers were there. You know, and I bet you, you I, I tell you, the people who were not there, San Antonio Spurs were not. Really there are a lot of teams that are really angry with that because you just think if he would have gone, if he would have left the Clippers and gone to San Antonio, I mean, gone to uh, Dallas. Dallas a lot of people have been happy. Golden State Warriors would have been a lot happier. Sure. San Antonio right. would have been happier. A lot right. of people, would, right. you know. And then you get it gets personal because the guy who's the what the, the guy was going to be his teammate, Chandler uh, Parsons. Parson Chandler wrote him. It's really Chandler Parsons. Chandler, Chandler Parsons. Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, been, it's a, a busy he week. Guess he won't be on the show. No. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, he's hurt. He's hurt by it. You know, he, yeah. he said he said I thought I had a pump fake. That's what he said. Yeah, you know. It happens. That was a good line. That's the least of what he said, really. Then he went into yeah, more detail. Hey, San Antonio's not upset. They got Aldridge, man. You know oh, San Antonio's what? good. They're fine. Oh, my God. I, you know, I, I, t- I must tell you, we were talking about some of the moves. Um, uh, remind me to tell you why I don't think that was a good move for, for like, San Antonio. For, for Aldridge. Well, for Aldridge. It was a great move for him. I I just think, you know, when I, San Antonio to me is a very robotic team. They're very good, but they're. they're oh. Uh oh. Hey, guys. What's that? I'm just trying to get some NBA news, and then they, they throw these videos up on me. I hate yeah. when they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Airline um, credit cards. Yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> maybe we get them as a sponsor. What do you think? I'll try. I'll play the video. It's too late. But, you know, no, you know um, I, I always think of when I think of, uh, they talk about San Antonio, well, it's kind of spooky, like the Stafford Wives. It's just <laughs> kind of whole weird sort of thing out there where it's like, Nobody says anything, and everybody's kind of the same, and and pop this and pop that. So I'm thinking, you know, now Aldridge, you're just kind of creative, you know, kind of one on one kind of play. everything that they do not stand for. So you're gonna go there, and I guess they they they're gonna deprogram him and break him down, and, and all that. I don't know. Maybe that's a stereotype, but yeah, I mean, I think I think he becomes he, a robot. Remember, did you see one, yeah. one flew over his cuckoo's nest? <laughs> yeah. But I think he. I mean, to me. I mean, I get your point, uh, for sure. But I think playing-wise, I think he kind of fits in because, I mean, he is, he is kind of a robot out there in terms of his game. I mean, he shoots a lot, shoots from the outside, great outside shooter, so they can put him in different places. He's not all that ball-dominant. You know, he has tremendous respect for Tim Duncan. I'm sure they'll work well together. You know, you, you put him with uh, Kawhi Leonard, they're going to be tough. Hmm. they be really tough. Yeah, yeah, well, on paper. You know, on paper in July, it all... That's true. It all looks good, but they but did. They, they, definitely they know how to like coast a little bit through the regular season right. and okay. rest their guys. Right. Right. Yeah, he well, Duncan's going to get a lot of rest this year. That's With right. West and uh, Aldridge on yeah, there. Yeah, Aldridge sure. want to play a little center. How, how, how about West can play yeah. center? Yeah. yeah, and you bring up West. How about how about West uh, passing up thirteen million to to uh, with the in, with the Pacers, and then taking one point eight million. Uh, to play with the Spurs. Now, you know, now, now that's a very interesting thing. A, this clearly is a guy who's invested well, you know, saved his money. Oh, uh, yeah, and I hope said, so. Because you know, <laughs> I guess it gets to a point, I suppose, where, you know, and West is a very, uh, he's another $40 million slave fan, by the way. Okay. A fan of the book. Um, that I got a lot of those. Yeah, well, uh-huh. yeah, but, okay, that's another show. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but, but he's always a very thoughtful guy. So right. I, I guess at some point, you know, you said. You know, I think Indiana has probably gone as far that river, that river has gone as far as it goes. Right? He could come back, and he said, it only gets worse from here because now they're gonna start blaming me. 
Mm-hmm. But you know, on paper, San Antonio was very powerful. But the big news is how everybody, in terms of, you know, this is a New York-centric show, everybody blew off, you know, the Knicks. I mean, the whole idea was that Phil Jackson was supposed, he was supposed to be able to get meetings with all these people. And, you know, no, all these people just blew him off. Yeah. You know, Aldridge blew him off. West didn't meet with him. You know, so you get Robin, you get Robin Lopez. Is that is that is that what you guys ever? You're not impressed. <laughs> well, can you blame those guys for not blame? You know, the shape of the Knicks franchise. You know, I don't, if God was the president, it wouldn't matter. It's like, sorry, God. You know, I pray. I'll still pray every day, but I'm going to play with the Spurs. Yeah, that 17 uh, wins is not yeah. uh, attractive. Well, that's what you know. Uh, again, I was out at the um, at the Brooks at the the Nets free agency, and I spoke with uh, the little guard they got, um, Shane Larkin. Shane Larkin. And Larkin was saying, you know, I said, well, you know, it was really an interesting experience. I mean, it made me tougher as as a man. He said, but, you know, I've never in my entire life, I've never lost that many games in my entire life of playing. Combined. Right? I mean, ever. And he said that, he, and he said, uh, I never, ever, ever, I've never been in a losing atmosphere like that before. He said, and I never, ever want to be in that atmosphere again my entire life. So clearly... You know, I don't know what Jackson and those guys were thinking, but it's just it's a it's a it's a horrible look. Nobody wants to really become involved in that. And and Phil, you know, to, to me, Phil gets such a a pass. He gets such a pass uh, because everybody's talking about the great coach. Of course, he's a great coach, but he's never done this job before. He's never been he's never been a, a, a general manager before. And I gotta think that there's some GMs who, given the chance, to stick it to him. Are saying you know you beat our brains in you know with Kobe and Shaq and Michael and Pippen now turnabout is fair play right. you know revenge is uh, how much of this can you blame on Carmelo though think about it if if switch out Carmelo for LeBron James or or another player of that you know Kevin Durant or someone of that magnitude these guys might be more willing to come play do they want to play with Carmelo I don't I want to say he should get all the blame but that's got to have some role in it I mean look at, look at LeBron goes back to Cleveland. And these guys come to play. Well, it's LeBron too. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Carmelo, but Carmelo's not like I don't think guys want to play with him. Well, people aren't climbing over the fence to go play with Kobe either. True. You right. know? Although I, th- I think they probably would have been more likely to play with Kobe five or six years ago. You know, the Kobe in his prime and getting it done. Because at the end of the day, if you're looking to win a championship, then he's the guy who's proven that he could win a championship. Right, and I, I don't put any, I don't blame Carmelo at all, but it does speak to Carmelo at least a little bit. You know, he's 30 years old. He's still somewhat in his prime. He has at least two or three years in his prime. And players, you know, they're looking at that 17, it seems like they're looking at that 17 win uh, situation. They're not looking at, oh, I could play with Melo. Obviously, that didn't mean anything to them. Mm-hmm. You know, Durant, I think people would have probably gone to play with Durant. Yeah, because he comes off a, a, a different way. And He's I, also come off a big injury, though, too. Well, that's that's a problem too. I just want to touch on this this DeAndre thing one more time because it's 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 a, uh, you know, we talk about the Knicks and people are like, why are you guys spending even more than five minutes on a team that won them? You know, that's true. The only people who do that are like Knicks people. It's like cause I'm, we're I'm, in New York people. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the Nets and the Nets. If you got to deal with it, the Nets seem to be in a much better position. A, they made the playoffs. And they've just got tremendously younger. I mean, they've got a bunch of young, athletic guys. So if you're going to be in New York and talk about something we're talking about, to me, they, they got a better coach. You know, they, they seem to have they, – the, the roster's gotten younger. They've got some athletic guys. They've got a lot of hungry, hungry guys. So, you know, it's just they're in Brooklyn. So, you know, nobody really cares. 
I mean, I care. You know, you, you, you heard my feelings now. No, no, I care. I, I mean, I've, I've wanted to put. You know, there are two things I want to put on the map. I want to put the WNBA on the map because I've, I've decided I'm going to go and actually cover, cover mm-hmm. games. You know, cover the WNBA because we. You know, it's so funny. It's a major pro league, and I know that there are some debates about. Oh, come on, you know, it's the women and all that. But you know, it's a pro league, and and I went to a couple of games. Um, I went to the opening day, and I went to a game last week. Uh, they just signed Epiphany Prince, by the way, who scored 100 points in a high school game one day. But, but I noticed, you know, we, and today, by the way, in New York, there was a big parade for the World Cup, the Women's yeah. World Cup. They did a great job. You know, we should, that's right. Uh, you know, of course, it's, it'll be forgotten by Monday, you know. And that's sort of the dilemma of, of, of women's sports. And I think we'll probably have another show about that. But it's, 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 it's a tough sale, and I don't know if it's a tough sale because uh, um, – People look at the quality of the competition. I mean, I, I was looking at a WNBA game last week, and I think as long when you compare, you can't you can't compare you can't compare just like you can't compare the NBA with the NCAA. Right. You have to look at each thing for what it is. How are people competing? I was like looking at the game, and 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 the Liberty were winning, and the crowd was great. They played better music, by the way, at the WNBA. <laughs> the music is much hipper, is much much better, and everybody can dance. <laughs> you know, uh, okay. Anyway, th- there was a parade day for the uh, thing, but uh, but I just wanted to to, to, to one last thought about um, about DeAndre Jordan because there's, there it, there does to be there seems to be something a little troubling. You know, I mean, we all have changed our mind, maybe not to that extent, but we also all go on people's words. Now I know this is a cutthroat business, and people cheat all the time and that stuff, but um, again. Your word. What does your word mean? And B, if this if this were a player, we all know that the the player association, Michelle, who just said, would be screaming bloody murder. I I think if this were to happen to a player, so um, I, I do think that we, we. Yeah, I mean, to me, I look. You know, I, I'm on the I'm pro player in this situation, and not not even like you said, it could go either way. I'm just I'm pro the process right. because. There's a it, it's the way it was written. There's a there's a ten day or week long moratorium. During this time, both sides know you cannot sign a contract right. uh, up until a certain point later down the line. Right. So that's what hap- that's what happened. He had he had time to negotiate. He did that. He did everything within within his power. I think that's what they're going to probably do. They're probably going to shorten the moratorium because it's way too long. I mean, somebody suggested that the free agent period should have been yesterday, I meaning Thursday. Well, how many times has it happened? I'm, not many players go and do no, that. So it's a high profile. And what, he handled it wrong. And to me, what, yeah. what meant, okay, you want to shorten the, the time period, so what are we saying? We'd rather uh, that that Cuban would, would have been allowed just to go in there, uh, great presentation, and dupe him into signing on the spot? Right. He doesn't. He doesn't have the the right to think about it right. over time. We don't. We, we don't really know that. Don't he, players have agents to talk? Well, what are the that's agents that's for? That's yeah, like they have people. Well, he wasn't. In, well, he doesn't have the people that the Mavericks had. Let's let's be honest. Like he has one one agent, couple assistants. The Mavs probably had thirty people in there. Doing As a player, you got to decide where. What do I want to do? You know, and he, he right. But, how, but he, he can't take a week to decide. Well, it, you know, but also it's weird. I mean, but no, he changed his mind. And I mean, he was. He and also you said he was. There may have been an issue with it because remember he's a role player, and uh, you know he rebounds, plays defense, and all that. And the guys are Chris Paul and Brooke Lopez. They got, I mean, not Brooke, but um, uh, Griffin, Blake Griffin. On that team, he's a bit of a role player, but he he has the ability that he's taken over in one games for them too. The Clippers, he not can, on he, the foul line. Though. Not on the foul line, no. Right. 
but he still has scored 20 plus points in games that had you know 15 20 rebounds in games and, and that's the thing too he's not a star right so he's not used to this type of thing exactly. so you can get you give him give him an excuse as far as that goes maybe and, and also but i mean he listen we all know in our jobs every now and then it's nice for the boss to come tell you you know how much we really want you and how much we really want you here and i think it was it's probably very good for his ego that that doc rivers came over and he brought the team and they told him how important that he was to them and i think we all like to hear that you know particularly at, yeah so i think you know uh it all ends well but the, the last thought is that it seems as, as cubans got a little bit of a gilbert in him you know uh remember a long time i mean a few years ago when when um lebron <laughs> left cleveland right and gilbert had this like hissy fit and wrote the letter that he just recently took down you know and it was really quite a nasty, nasty thing. Acting is like, boy, he, he, that's what he did. He said everything, but boy, come back here, you know. And there's a little bit of that with 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 uh, Cuban. And I think, you know, Michelle was saying, Michelle Roberts was saying when we got on the show, that sometimes these owners get carried away, that they actually think that they own you. You know, they, they some, some of them kind of go across the line and think that, you know, you, they take it so personally. Wait a minute, I bought you. I was about to buy you. And you know what do you mean? Does Cuban have a he has a decent relationship though, as far as with his players and everything? No, I, I don't know. I see. I, I'm not sure. It seems that way, and it seems like he'll do anything he can to win. So I think it's more of his drive to win than to like you know be this co- collector. Of, and, you know. a, and, and and you know it's not just Gilbert. Like it's more more than a little Gilbert in, in him. He has a little owner in him. Right. You no know, little billionaire in him. And that's, ego, that's how, ego. Yeah, that's how right. you act. Right. And you're surprised when things go, go your way, and that's probably what makes him successful. That's yeah. just not sports owners. That transcends everything. Sure. Yeah, people, t- I guess probably we took a survey of people own stuff. There's probably some traits of people who own stuff. And, you know, for the sake of all of our jobs, we'll probably leave that alone. But, yeah, probably, <laughs> I, I think it's just a matter of um, uh, one little baseball item that we'll touch uh, touch on you the All Star Baseball All Star Game on. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? Wait, it, it, it determines who's going to ho- have the home field advantage. Yeah, oh, huge, yeah, huge big, game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it, I, I'm surprised that this is when you read one of those. What's the commercial? The uh, the uh, the gambling DraftKings. The DraftKings draft commercial. Well, oh, we're doing it right now. <laughs> you, you just started it, Bill. Are you kidding me? I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm waiting to jump in with my DraftKings. Yeah, you want to. Talk about drafting, speak of... Oh, yeah. we're going to. So I've learned my lesson. <laughs> when do we get... I'm all well good promoting it. But at what point does Bill Rodens and, and friends... You know, but, um, no, you know, I, I was... Somebody wrote me and said, you know, the, you know they're, ouch, there's Uh-oh. only... I know, man. But be, uh, Bill's on the DL. All right, Uh-oh. Jamal, Uh-oh. take over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, coach, I can play. I can play. <laughs> uh, there's only one African-American manager in, in Major League Who Baseball. Who is it? Uh, the, uh, in uh, in um, Seattle. Uh, okay. Um, the Seattle manager, I'm supposed to. Well, we're, we're, folks, we're going to tell you that <laughs> in two seconds. Uh, but we have to hurry up and find it because he might get fired. And, and, if, he, and, he, and if he does Dusty get, Baker didn't get another job yet? No, yeah, right. not those guys, man. Where's Willie Randolph? Willie Randolph. But the, I was I was somewhat shocked, in a way, to learn that that there's one, one manager, one black manager left, and I think there's only one Hispanic manager, really, uh, and uh, in Atlanta. Um, and that's even more surprising. There's not that many African American players anymore. Right. Well, but, 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 but there are a bunch of Hispanic players. Oh yeah, that's but, for but, sure. But you know, I, I was having this debate with uh, an editor because Lloyd I, McClendon. Lloyd McClendon. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. Um, Lloyd McClendon, but I was having the same debate 
<laughs> with somebody because uh, I want I'm going to do this column about that. And and the editor said the same thing that that you said. Said, well, you know, there, there's not that many, uh, you know, black players. I said, well, but you can't have both ways because in the NBA, the NBA has been 80 percent black for like 25 years, and you only you still only have let's say eight 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 at tops. Um, coaches. Coaches. I didn't so, mean that as a justification at no, all. No, 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 no. Yeah. Just, but I'm saying a lot of people will argue that. Yeah. So, well, right, and, that, and that is what comes to mind. Yeah, but you, but you can't have both ways. Right. So if if you want to do that, number one, before we even leave baseball, there's 29 percent Hispanic players. So there should be more than one Hispanic uh, um, uh, manager. But then when you go to the NBA, if you're going to use that logic, there should probably be about 20, should be about 20 head coaches in the NFL, which is like 60 something percent black. There should be like maybe ten or eleven or twelve black head coaches, right. and I think that just gets us into a much more, uh, a much heavier conversation, that you really have to work very hard, man, to to manufacture the way things look now, and I think baseball is increasingly becoming the the the, the reservoir for white players becoming very very white, and what's troubling to me to the extent that baseball is a metaphor for America's our pastime, I just sense there's this whitening going on across the board because I'll talk to friends of mine who work on uh, in these big financial houses and they kind of say the same thing. Like, I'm one of how many ever. I look at in, in journalism, you know, and sports journalism, which is whitening. You know, and, and so if you just look at baseball as well, but if you look across the board about what is happening to African Americans in this country and then you'll say, well, you know, you've got the president of the United States, and, I, and then that's one of those things where you, you justify having one person, one black person in power, and then keeping everything else all white. You right. know, what, what do you mean? You got a black president, and that means that everything else is white, or you got, at, at our place, you may have a black executive editor, but then you look down and it's like, you know, the, the scenario is not that great. And then we get into this thing about, well, we're, we're diverse. And it, it is. You do have to deal with diversity because you got this, it's a world out there, a huge world, and you need the best people from a lot of places. But in this country, which was founded on slavery, and we had rules, we had rules saying, if you are black, you cannot do this. You cannot own property. You cannot do this. You cannot do this. And that's, and, 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 and that's what we're wrestling with. We're trying to reverse that stuff. So that's a special, that's a special challenge. And, and, um, I give you something to think about as we go into the All Star break, you know. But oh, we're still talking about baseball. Yeah, we're yeah. still talking about well, baseball. Well, <laughs> we were kind of stretched out there, but I wanted to kind of re- rein it back in. I'm just glad we have racial harmony on this podcast. You know. Yeah. Well, we got why are we? Why are the two white guys on one side and, and two African Americans? Yeah. On the what other happened side? there? I don't know yeah. what happened right there. Well, yeah. Who are the white guys? that's a a whole other question all right um well we do have to we do have to talk about draft let's go let's go to a break right now while we gotta go root time to open the wine uh and well you also bring the wine today brian I didn't know we were having. You're the wine guy. Where's the wine? We stopped opening the wine on the show. Didn't no, we? you have to be just in case. You have to be just prepared. The rule is that if we don't have a guest. What's yeah? What's the what's what is well, our we're, rule? We're gonna come again? up with a rule. Yeah, yeah we, we need rules. <laughs> rules. I need I need to have some. I, I live by rules. I what, rules. And you you brought up uh, the All Star game. Uh, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. I'm gonna be the wine guy. I'm the wine. Now you're just Brian. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Now I'm just Brian. Brian. <laughs> back back. Okay. I'm not gonna try to say last name. I'm not gonna do it. I can. You, you can go right ahead. Dankovic. No. Duh. Duh. Landic. 
Delendic. There you go. All right. I was thinking of a uh, who, who's the Knicks draft pick? Clipsack. Oh. Porzingis. Porzingis. Chris Stapps. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yes. you know, Chris that was great. Yeah. That was good. That was a good opening. Uh, a Rod has snubbed the All Star game, oh, and someone asked me. Oh, we need someone Rod, someone asked me about that. I said, "Good, let him be snubbed. He cheated. He juiced for ten years. Whatever. So what? He's, they all cheat. Let him though. keep hitting for the Yankees. That's great. He doesn't have to play in the All Star game. Who cares? But if you're playing DraftKings, A <laughs> Rod's a good pickup. Can you get A Rod in DraftKings? Is he allowed there? Of course. Yeah, no, I know they don't let him in DraftKings. Right? Uh, DraftKings. You gotta have A Rod in DraftKings. <laughs> DraftKings is eight position players, two pitchers. You can win money. Play every day. Can win money. Jamal's all over it. I'm all over. Have it. you lo- have you won any money, Jamal? Just football, and not not a lot of money. Does draft I think I've lost football? more money. Big time. Yeah. Do they do football? Oh Football's my god! Football's fantasy king. Golf. You're gonna need a DraftKings podcast here. I think everybody picks a team, go Fan- against each other. Like, we like can do that. There there are already plenty of fantasy podcasts out there. Uh, yeah. We uh, they also do golf DraftKings. I'm actually playing in the. Uh, I just set up a little DraftKings lineup for golf next week. U.S. Open because we have some guys come in for DraftKings, record their spots, and do radio spots for DraftKings. So I'm taking notes. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up some of these players and try it out. I don't know anything about golf, but I'm gonna try to win some money anyway. Don't put Rory McIlroy down because he's yeah. no. Now he's another one. Now, now I, I mean, I he didn't play with fireworks. He's he he playing he soccer. How the hell are you playing? I mean, he's playing soccer. He's playing soccer with a stick of dynamite. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I, I guess I, you you don't want to be too harsh on people. They, I guess, if you're playing golf, we just that's all you do is just every twenty four hour you're always with a golf. But still, you're gonna go out and play soccer. And now you're like done. You know, you can't. Although I guess if if there's any sport where you can kind of coast. Well, your left probably, foot though he gets he comes through on that left foot. He can't. He needs that perfect. The right foot he could probably get away with, but not the left foot. Yeah, so don't take don't take Rory on uh, draft. Don't take Rory. <laughs> Make sure you use the promo code Roden R H O D E N at DraftKings.com. I'm gonna try that tonight. Do it. It's big baseball night Friday nights. Yeah. Yeah. Mets Mets back in action. Now, Yankees now, Red Sox. Now, now, baby. Yankees Red Sox. Now that's a very interesting. That I used mean, to mean something. Yeah. Yankees Red Sox. Yeah. Yankees Red Sox. But you you know what's I'm interesting? I'm grasping <laughs> Another story that I'm working on. Another column I'm working on. You read there's a, there's been this relation. The last time the Washington Nationals, the Washington, the, the last time a Washington team won the World Series was in 1924, and the two teams they had to beat to get there, they had to beat the New York Yankees in the American League to get there. Then they had to beat the New York Giants Wow! to win the World Series. So they, here we are. They have, earned it. Yep, 91 years later, it looks like two New York teams may figure in the Nationals, I mean, a Washington team's hopes. Because That's right possible, now, yeah. the way it looks now, it's going to be the Mets, Mets and the, uh, and, the, and the Nationals. And the Yankees are currently in first place as we speak on Friday. And they're playing strong. Bill, is it true the Mets contacted you to see if you can hit? Huh? <laughs> no, they, no? they know better. They, they should have. They know better. Lay, lay down a bun or something. Move the runner over. But, yeah, they're, but they're in first place, I guess, because they just second got place. this. They're in second. The second. Well, the Yankees are in first, yeah. The Yankees are in first. Yeah. The Mets are in second. But the, but the Mets are closing, right? They're kind of closing. Yeah, you know, we're like three and a half games out. That's they, got some, they got some great we, pitching. You know, we, we are three and a half games out. Great pitching. In my man. mind. Are you going to need batting gloves, Bill? Or you go without batting gloves. How are you going to do it? Uh, I'm like I'm like uh, I'm the JPP school star. I don't use any kind of glove. No, <laughs> yeah, I, he should steal glove. All right, um, <laughs> he's, gonna have, he's gonna have a different kind of glove now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, 
Let's see. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Jamal. Jamal Jamal winced when I said that. <laughs> I mean, but you know, they won't just have an opening there. They, you know, they'll have special gloves made for him. Will no? you save money because it's one less less thing? Well, he won't pay for it. It's it's, it's, it's uniform. Yeah, we have to ask the, once the Giants. He'll make it for him. Well, we'll yes. see. We'll, we'll have another we'll have another update with JPP once we we get the dust clears, <laughs> the, the smoke <laughs> the smoke yeah. clears, and we got to see. Um, big doings in uh, Wimbledon, right? Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh, 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 Seth interrupted our broadcast to let us know <laughs> that um, to let us know that Federer. Now you interrupted us to let us know that he had won a, a game or a match or a two, set. Two, I think it was up two sets to one. Yeah, um, but to, well, that's big news. I mean, Federer, I think is is clearly, I think the, he was probably one of the the the, the oh. greatest. Federer's in. Federer, Federer's Joke, in. Djokovic final. Really? All right. All right. That's a surprise yep. to me. Right. Well, congratulations, to Federer. I mean. Bah. I don't like him. No, why? What's the, what's <laughs> Are you the only what's one? Not, what's not to like? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Nadal fan. You from, I'm a, I'm a Nadal fan. Yeah, yeah, although he back. seems like he's done too. He's, yeah. he's, he's hit the wall. Yeah. Breaking, breaking down. Not, not, not mean to imply anything. Cut the hair and that was it. As soon as the tennis players cut the hair, it's over. Yeah, or, or cycle off or whatever it is. That mm. could be it. It could be it. Maybe I'll just take some time out, grow, grow his hair back. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really excited. I mean, Serena, Serena Williams, I feel, is has been, I'd say, one of the most dominant players. Forget female, male, just one of the dominant tennis players of, I keep wanting to say her era, but it could be of her era and of any era. All time. Uh, yeah, no just, doubt. Just period. I mean, I know that she's got to win. If, if she wins another Grand Slam uh, title, mm -hmm. she will tie, I believe she'll tie with Stephanie Graff. we got to get these these statistics. Well, I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. I know um, this will be her. If she wins tomorrow... It'll be her 21st overall Grand Slam title. It'll be her third in a row, and she's going for the for the same year Grand Slam if she goes on to win the U.S. Open, which would be great. Right, and and there's some historic thing there we, which we'll tell you about. But I mean, beyond the analytics of it, you know, um, I just think that, I, and I, we I've probably mentioned this before that that the story of, of Serena Williams and Venus Williams, I think is, I think it's it may be the greatest American sports story. Of all time, I mean, you've got two two sisters. First of all, forget forget that they're African American in a sport that African Americans aren't known to dominate. Um, you know, in, t in the integration era, because we did have big clubs back in the day. They were back black tennis clubs. But to to be two sisters from Compton, California, to rise to the level of dominance that Venus and Serena rose to, not going through the whole little circuit and all that kind of stuff and being so dominant over a period of probably almost 15 15 years and going through a period of five years where the only people who could beat them were each other to me that's just that's just a phenomenal a phenomenal story and um, I, I, I you know I always say that this kind of gets into the double standard that if you would imagine like Lindsay uh, Davenport or you know or Chrissy Everett had a sister who was as great as she was you know, and dominate. I think there will be statues. It's so different, though. They look different. They play different. I mean, and, and Venus is tied for eighth all time with seven Grand Slams. Yeah, and you kind of you forget, forget about that. her because right. there's yeah. her sister. I mean, if forget her sister. If how many people would take Venus's resume? A and lot. to have them both, we're going to try to get them on the show. By the way, between them, if ten Wimbledon uh, championships between them, it's five each. And while well, Serena's about to get six, uh, I shouldn't. Well, don't jinx it. Uh, I'm sorry, Bill. Yeah, Bill get mad at me. It's your fault. She <laughs> lost. That's right. Next week, you see. And she, and she, yeah, she lost to to Muguruza 
uh, in the French last year. So you know you can't you don't yeah, want to just never, uh, no. I mean, this, she's heavily favored. Let's, she is. Let's, she let's is. put yeah, it in the you, you know, I mean, the, the, the thing's so funny watching her play Sharapova. She just owns her. I mean, she just yeah, she is sad. so deeply in her mind, in yeah. her head, that she she she's almost like her shadow. That yeah. she just can't get Sharapova cannot get her out of there. Sharapova Sharapova completed the Grand Slam as well. That's right. Yeah. Her career Grand Slam. She yep, has all career four. Grand Slam. Yep. And uh, you know, it was, I was watching the match yesterday. It was almost like the crowd, just the just the tenor of the crowd. They it was almost like they felt sorry for Sharapova. It was just like uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, every little thing she did. They you know they tried to boost her up, but everybody everybody know knew what was going to happen there. The players, the fans, we all knew. That you know they have some issues between them, some personal, person. some business. Do you watch business. with the sound on? What's that? Can you can you sit through with the sound on with that constant screaming uh, she does? It yeah, drives that, me that, insane. That, that's women's tennis, man. It's man. part of the deal. That's the guy's grind. Sharapova but, is the worst at it, though. Well, you you won't have to hear it anymore. No, as, no. as a rank is even worse. Yeah, but you know the the I remember I, I, I'm not sure when their rivals. I mean, hey, I think Serena is just you, you know again it gets into this double standard with Sharapova. Is you know sort of the classic, the blonde, the you know white woman, and it's getting all these endorsements, and 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 Serena said, "Wait a minute, I'm, I'm the most dominant." Yeah. I mean, in other words, if Sharapova would be like Serena, right. and everything she'd accomplished, I mean, they'd be naming that building, but they'd be named the Chrysler Building yeah. after her. And you, Sha- know? Sha- you know, Sharapova makes double what Serena does off the court, yeah. and it's not, and you know that bothers Serena because it's not like Serena doesn't try. It's yeah. not like she's some. You know, docile right. personality doesn't really care about off the court. She's out there trying. She's, she's doing trying. fashion stuff on the side. So you know, this kind of stuff bothers her, and I think that plays into it extra. So when they play, you know, so there are games. Serena has problems where she lets down against certain right. oppo- opponents. Never she doesn't, come, she doesn't bring her A game. That's not <laughs> going to happen against right. Sharapova. Right, right. That was a that was a match. I think this may have been start. It was the Australian Open, and. Sharapova did something. She hit something almost at, at Serena's head or something. And the, the, the look that Serena gave her could kill. And then she went on and to just destroy her. Just <laughs> You could also almost see her going to court and just take her heart out. Excuse me, I'm just going to reach in and just take your heart out. And she's had it ever since. You know and the, fu- the funny thing was they asked uh, at, at Muguruza, she won her semifinal match. And you know they're at, in the, in the post-game uh, interview, they're asking her, who does she think she's going to face in the next round? You know, most most sports people, right, they, right. they do the politically correct thing, and they just say, I don't know, we'll see what happens. She was like, well, uh, Serena's won 25 out of 26, so I think Serena. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it turns out she was right. So, And they play again, uh, well, uh, today, let's see. Well, they play tomorrow, Saturday. It's a Saturday morning. Okay, so time. so people will have, we can make our little picks. You know, people will hear this today. This, will, uh, this is going to be published live today, right, Seth? Today, yeah. So we'll have one day of, of, of speculation, and then by Saturday, we'll know. But I guess I would probably lean toward Serena. But you never know. That's why we play. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Serena straight set six three six four something like that. And for the for the men now, we know that uh, Federer is there, and he'll he'll face Djokovic. And I know everybody's rooting for Federer. But I can't see him beating Djokovic. Not everybody. Not, Not everybody. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Djokovic is tough and, and seems to have. Didn't he beat Federer? I mean, he seems well, to kind of have. I can't remember the last time Federer. You know, beat him. people don't. And you, I'm sure you guys realize this is probably the best era of men's tennis in oh, the yeah. last 10 years. 
Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic, and you, you can't say the Murray in there, but those three guys are three of the best players of all time. And it's period. Hard, it's hard. I mean, only. Jo- I mean, it's hard to say who's who's the best out of those three. It's really hard to say. I mean, Djokovic has the least number of titles, right? Right. Federer dominated, and Nadal dominated, right. and Djokovic has been dominant the last couple of years. Djokovic will catch up to those guys if, right. he, if he can hold on for but a few more years. Right, he's twenty-eight. The interesting thing, though, is that where is American tennis in this? I mean, uh, well, no. women were fine. Well, well, yeah. because of, because of who? Right. right, but also we have. They also have some young uh, Coco Vandaway, uh, Kiki's uh, uh, niece, play well. She also slammed Carmelo the other day. Yeah, I know. Called him she soft. Called him soft. But uh, but he, also uh, Keys. We have, there are a bunch of them. Keys, um, yeah. Stevens, Sloan Stevens. There are a bunch got, of they, they American win, women. They got to win some majors. But there were no. There were no. There were no American men. What's the name? Isn't there? Particularly, you talk about yeah. race. There were no black black, men. black American men. And, you know, it's Arthur Ashe's birthday today. Right. He is still the last American male to win either the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, or the Australian Open. Yeah, uh, Roddick almost had it at Federer a couple of years ago. The last set yeah. was like 15, 13 or something. Yeah, but Roddick was like one of those people that uh, we just, you, you know, everybody was just hoping for, but he never did it. Yeah, well, he has won. I think he won one yeah, he U.S. Did Open. Win. He won yeah. yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, that would be a fitting way to uh, end our end our conversation today with Arthur Ashe. Uh, this would have, uh, um, you know, today is Arthur Ashe's birthday. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to count him as a mentor and, and as a friend, uh, somebody who, uh, you know, the dignity with which he lived his life. He, um, you know, he, he, he chided Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan for not using their, uh, and, and a lot of tennis players too. I mean, he, 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 he actually... Um, really put the uh, fire underneath a lot of tennis players to take stands and take roles. And, um, you know, he's, he's a guy who took a great interest in uh, the NCAA and student-athletes and scholarship and sort of being all you can be. He, he was just a great, 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 great uh, role model, great tennis player, obviously, just a great tennis player. And it's so funny. I mean, you, I'm sure he, didn't, he would not have thought that when he walked off the court after his, you know, last Wimbledon victory, that there would not be another black male tennis player to accomplish that. You know, it's 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 phenomenal. But before we got that day, I just wanted to acknowledge his, uh, it, not just his birthday anniversary, his birthday, but just uh, his greatness as a human being, as a as an activist, and uh, I should should always be, I think, a model for what people can actually accomplish as athletes when you get to a certain level that being on that stage really gives you an opportunity to really make an impact and make a difference. And I guess we were joking at the beginning of the show about these guys like blowing their hands off and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I think that uh, without making too light of it, sometimes I, I think we have guys like like an Arthur Ashe and everything they did, you know, that we've kind of lapsed into this frivolity you know, when they, when people don't really stand for anything, they just clearly have too much idle time in their hand and making more money than ever before. But you're wondering, what do you guys stand for? I mean, Arthur Ashe uh, opposed apartheid. You know, Arthur Ashe fought for tennis players to make more money. Uh, Arthur Ashe was about social issues, you know. And and I guess that's one of the, fr- the things that frustrates me about this particular generation and I don't like to really get into the whole generational thing that an older generation is better than the younger. I think in every generation you've got 
people who are committed. You've got smart people. You've got people. I just think, you know, like most young people, they need to be taught. They need to be taught. Hear who sort of the heroes were, and this is what they did. Now, this is it's your turn. It's your generation's turn to make this world a better place and to, you know, rail against racism and the sexism and all the isms kind of stuff. So uh, that's my take on Arthur Ashe. Any of you guys any thoughts about uh, about Ashe? I'm not putting you on the spot. You well, come I mean, up with you know playing wise, playing wise, you know before my time, but you know just a just a the memory you have of him in terms of post for me post player, just a total humanitarian. I mean I couldn't say it any better than what you just said. Mm-hmm. You basically ran down a line of, of everything he did, and I think he you know he has been a role model. Maybe you know he, there haven't been that many black male tennis players that have come after him and definitely none that have reached the heights that he did but he was also there's no way you can you can say he wasn't a role model to Serena and Venus right. and that and the black female players that have come up and and they've they've carried the game and they've done a great job doing so yeah well, well I I wonder, I wonder um and this is probably another show too but why do you think there have not been uh, any more Arthur Ashe just in terms of tennis players I mean is it that there's just too much Competition for the, you know, for the black male body, you know, they they want to play sports. I mean, they want to play soccer. They want to box. They want to play the NBA. They don't want to play lacrosse. Uh, well, these days, uh, kids play the same sport all year round. They, they specialize. That's why they get all those Tommy John surgeries in baseball. They just they don't. The, back in the day, they didn't have Tommy John surgeries because the kids would play different sports. Uh, I think that might be part of it. I think there's a lot of different answers well, to that. Yeah, you know. And also, I, I met Arthur Ashe uh, when I was an intern. Uh, and I was an uh, intern for New Jersey Network, and I'd hold the microphone. You know, I had Phil Sims and uh, Carl Banks, all kinds of guys in the area. He was the only guy who asked me what my name was, where I went to school, what I'm studying. He was just such a gentleman. He's just one of those guys. I think he transcends race or anything else. I think he's just one of those outstanding people that just did it. He had, and everything you said that he stuck up for, he always did everything in a very peaceful way and just the way he carried himself. And I was so impressed as a kid and that he was asking me questions. I couldn't believe it. Well, you know, that's funny you mentioned that. Uh, he, f- he founded something called the Arthur Ashe uh, Athletic Association. No, no, he he wanted just to be called the African American Athletic Association. And actually, one of the first people on the board, I was on the board, but also um, Anuka, Anuka uh, Brown Sanders, or Anuka Brown, was also on that board. She had just graduated from Northwestern. But one of the things that always blew me away, we'd have our meetings, and he would had a way of making you feel that what you were saying was the most important thing. He said, Bill, now, now Bill Roden has really something really exciting, you know, and he'd go around the table, and it was really a lesson in somebody who was really great but had a way of not wearing it but making everybody else feel that they were really the most important people in that table. And sometimes, I mean, most of the people sometimes were around, if they're in charge, they want you to know that <laughs> they are in charge, and you kind of pay your little... But when you said it, that's the right way to do it. You imagine a business if it was run that way, because then you'd die for your boss. You'd do anything. They make you feel so good, you'd want to work extra hard and do everything you can for them. Yeah. Instead of the other way around, yeah. they crap on you, then you're like, just oh. tends to be the norm. I think we need to have another segment of that about you know the need for humility and, and bosses. But uh, <laughs> but but I I, I, I can't I wanna, comment on that since uh, know, I'm at work right now. Like, but yes. I want to I want to I, I want to end though. Just uh, we we ended with with Arthur Ashe, and, and I think that's really appropriate way on his birthday just to to leave it on uh, to leave it a very high arc, and uh, just to remember 
what he meant and the, the kind of high goal and the high bar that he set, even until even until his death. I mean, when he knew that he had uh, diagnosed with AIDS. In fact, he was calling some people um, uh, when uh, Doug Smith, who was a reporter who kind of broke the story that Arthur was diagnosed. And the day before the story was going to break, Arthur called some people, and I was one of them, to let them know, listen, this thing is going to come down the line. Just want to give you a heads up. So you won't know. And I just thought, wow, what a, you know, it's, 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 it's classy, it's pragmatic, but it's that's the kind of uh, person. I remember you told my wife, uh, my wife was pregnant with our daughter. And so Arthur said, uh, we were sitting in the box, and he said, he looked, and he said, well, uh, now you have you um, applied for first grade yet? You know? And and we kind of were joking, but he said, "No, I'm serious. Have you? Because in New York City, when you have a kid, the the, the uh, at the better schools, and we're talking about nursery and first grade. <laughs> right. The line is around the block." And he was saying, "While she was just caring, said, have you applied for?" It? <laughs> you know, and I'm like thinking, "Wow, you're talking about, you know, for so anyway, uh, just." Um, Thank you for the memory. Thank you for Arthur being Arthur, and uh, glad I was a friend. Glad he was here, and um, we will look forward to seeing everybody next week with another fantastic uh, conversation. I think our next person is going to be Dick Parsons. Uh, yes, I'm very excited to uh, to have uh, Dick Parsons, who has a man of many talents. Brian knows him also on the wine front. He's uh, wine. Wine, wine, wine. So uh, <laughs> next time you'll bring it, right? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to bring him something. Very, I know. What do you? What do you? What do you? Uh, I know. What do you bring? What kind of wine do you bring? A wine. I have been brainstorming. Don't worry. It's good. I think we should open it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you, that means you bring two bottles. Bring, we'll bring a Magnum. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Uh, God bless. Have a wonderful uh, week, and uh, we will see you next. Well, we will see. We'll talk to you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.